welcome to the Rethink Leadership podcast, available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you prefer to watch. My name is Jeremy Blaine, CEO of Performance Works International, Executive Director of the Transformational Leadership Acceleration Institute, and Managing Partner of Diversity Talent. My aim is to bring insights from leaders, experts, and highly talented professionals from around the world. Insights, stories, and advice from the front lines of modern leadership to engage, inspire, and mobilize progress back in the workplace. Every episode is a learning opportunity for us all. The Rethink Leadership podcast also supports charities around the world. Each episode is made of a cause chosen by my guests, and to date, I'm proud to say we've supported over 60 global and local great causes. Welcome to this episode of the Rethink Leadership podcast with me, Jeremy Blaine. My guest today is Dr. Anna Eckhart, managing partner of My Learning Boutique. She's an organizational consultant, strategist, executive coach, governance expert, and most recently co-founder of Solaris, which she discusses more during our conversation. She's an advocate for leaders to become positive mind shifters for themselves and with others particularly as the pressure on them and their businesses intensifies when we consider the transformations many are navigating, the unpredictable nature of the current climate, digital impact and leaders' own development journey for fast-moving, change-centred times. It's tough and beginning to impact even the most competent leaders in mental health, anxiety and physical well-being terms. There's a need for many leaders to slow down in order to accelerate in business terms, and slowing down is better than breaking down in personal terms. So how do we change this paradigm? What needs to be done to help our leaders, and how can leaders help themselves? Let's welcome Anna, and she can tell us more. Anna, thanks so much for joining me. Please introduce yourself, your vocation in business, and something about you that not many people know. Ha. I love this. Uh, Jeremy, it's uh, it's uh, uh, thank you for the invitation. I'm absolutely thrilled to be on your podcast uh, and um, it's really an honor and pleasure. Um, so as you know, because we know each other um, for quite some time already, I'm one of the managing partners of My Learning Boutique, um, which is an international active uh, consulting training and consult- in coaching company. We're based in Switzerland. Um, I'm working for over 15 years now with senior leaders. Actually, if you count my previous career before my learning boutique, I've been always working with senior leaders, with CEOs and and uh, and what have you. Uh, you know, but now I'm working with uh, leaders in organizations as a consultant who is supporting them in um, corporate transformations. Um, but also I'm um, as well an executive coach. So... Um, Combining this uh, professional background that I have, I also have a profound interest in research. Um, I'm a late PhD dealer. I've just recently added a PhD to my curriculum. And, you know, one of the focus areas of my, um, of uh, let's say, of my research is around uh, attention, managerial attention, decision making, and, um, and it is around focus. So the combination of both uh, and uh, perhaps a little bit of uh, serendipity um, and the serendipity part is my partner, you know, coming across the right partner in crime who has um, similar ideas to you uh, enabled me to launch, um, let's call it an initiative, um, which we call Solaris. Yeah, And our podcast here is around uh, introducing a little bit the concept of Solaris 
Um, and, you know, we're aiming at addressing impacts of um, what, what we feel is uh, a hyper-acceleration um, in the way uh, around us, in the in the context, right? And how this impacts leadership performance is the part that I'm most interested in, right? So this is a little bit the intro, and then you gave me this um, lovely task to introduce, you know, to say something that not a lot of people know about myself. And I think in that context, perhaps uh, there are even two things that not a lot of people know about me. Um, and the first one is, is, is that, you know, me, myself, I mean, we will be talking about impacts on leaders and, and how it feels to be stressed out. So what not a lot of people know about myself is that me too, I've been through two different episodes of my life where I was like very close to a burnout. Um, today we have a more fancy word for this because that's more precise. It's called burn on actually slash you know depression so i know exactly how it feels uh, when i when i talk to my you know coaches uh, and then the second funny part uh you know that not a lot of people know about myself is is that i'm completely obsessed with sleep um sleep is really um something that i uh yeah i read about it i practice i offer you know i supervise and i i torture my entire family in in you know in in surveying um their sleep um, so, um, two fun things, <laughs> or maybe not so fun, but important what? things about myself. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. And, and I can, I can relate to your point on burnout personally too, and it's much more common than we mm. think. So I totally get your initiative around Solaris, which we'll go into. Mm. And it's the first time I've had Morpheus as a guest on my, uh, on my podcast for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Obsessed with sleep. Absolutely fantastic. I love that. I wish I could become more obsessed with sleep <laughs> in a little well, bit more, but there you go. <laughs> I can promise you perhaps after you've listened to your own podcast or we've been through this podcast, you will discover the importance of sleep and hence you know you will get uh you know you will also get obsessed with it perhaps let's see <laughs> great thanks yes and i like the way that you point to why don't you listen to your own podcast that'll help you sleep <laughs> thank you so much uh so anyway we'll come back to uh the, the senior leaders and and you talk about hyper acceleration yes. and the pressure on business and senior leaders is intense more so with the transformations in place the constant change complexity interconnectivity of things and we just have unpredictability and uncertainty ahead in many of the industries where we are. So a very simple question, but I imagine quite a complex answer. How are leaders that you're talking to at the moment, Anna? Yeah, um, thank you for that question. So, you know, um, the leaders that I talk to, um, how are they? They are under... Um, continuously increasing pressure, or at least this is how it feels for them. It seems like, you know, since the pandemic, it kind of even went even more on steroids, I would guess. There is this uh, acceleration that you already um, already mentioned. Um, you know, the leaders tell me stuff that there is this necessity to change how the way their organizations work, um, how the people have been working, um, they the the you know what we call the VUCA word um also demands an incredible amount of what we call hyper focus, meaning that you are super attentive to even you know very little small cues everywhere. 
So the attentional load, right, or the, the um, let's say, the energy that it takes today to really stay at the at the top of the game is um, is really, really high. Um, and there is another aspect that um, that I think they tell me very frequently is, is that uh, and and in a way it's uh, it's they, they you know I I wouldn't call them victims because these people are no victims. Leaders are are very resilient, but um, but you know this necessity to really make so many decisions. I mean. A couple of years ago, you know, a leader would make what for perhaps five decisions in a week. Now we make uh, 10 decisions in a day, right? So there is this constant pressure or constantly adapt. Um, and this comes with a high price tag, right? So hyper focus comes with a price tag because, as I mentioned, it demands a lot of energy. So leaders feel really. Um, physically and uh, emotionally exhausted. Uh, on the top of it, you know, there is this excitement because you're constantly on, which leads to um, sleep deprivation very often, right? Um, unhealthy habits. Um, speaking of my obsession about sleep, I don't know if you've read about it, but I think it was 2019 or 20, even the WHO, so the World Health Organization, has declared, you know, um, that or that we live in a global epidemic of um, sleeplessness, right? So um, this is a this is a really uh, major issue. Uh, and uh, and you know the lack of sleep and this high pressure all the time um, has really also physical um, let's say um, impacts on on how leaders feel uh, and it starts with bodily feelings like you know we have hypertension so leaders go into hypertension right out of a sudden they've always been fit and out of a sudden they have heart problems hypertension anxiety to underperform. And overall, you know, um, it feels, especially through the pandemic, where we perhaps also had these on and off and and disconnects at times, um, you know, there has been a great rethink, right? And you are, you know, you have you've had your beautiful survey on the leadership rethink, right? So, so I think we kind of aligned on that. There has been a great rethink about, um, you know, is it really worth it, right? In a nutshell how far do I need to push myself and how far am I able to push myself before I kill myself, right? Um, or, uh, you know, is it better to quit the job in order to survive or to have a better quality of living, right? And and what these leaders tell me in a way is really in line with, with your your um, survey findings, right? With your, um, and, uh, and there also has been recently a, you know, a leadership, global leadership forecast uh, run by DDI and um, and also, you know, reporting that the rates of uh, burnout in leaders, uh, you know, are, are hitting year by year, are hitting all time highs, right? So um, more leaders are uh, than ever feel they are uh, close to burnout or burned out already. So that's that's in a nutshell what I hear, right? Some very interesting things here. And the word hyper comes through a lot, doesn't it? That hyper acceleration, hyper focus, the need to be on, it seems, 24-7 at times. And while some leaders appear to have that resilience, you do wonder what's going on inside uh, with some of them, for sure. 
And that's it. Actually, I hadn't heard about the global sleeplessness mm -hmm. epidemic, but I am not surprised in the mm -hmm. context of we're talking about, because the, the clear fact is, is for leaders, for some leaders particularly, it's either slow down or breakdown. Mm. So I'm kind of interested to hear if we just track forward a year or two, Anna, so we've, we we understand there's some short-term harm here, but what are the consequences if this carries on for a little bit longer on leaders and their leadership effectiveness? And mm. do you have any examples? Yes. So um, long-term, but also short-term, right? Um, the consequences that we see already now and they will be vis get getting visible more and more because uh, because of the nature of the game right um unfortunately mostly negative right and um and we can see them on on um, i would say perhaps two different levels um the first level is really um the physical level right and um and i mentioned uh, some of that already you know um uh, increased hypertensions um people trying to cope develop a lot of um unhealthy uh lifestyle habits we have uh, a higher intake another epidemic right by the way of legal and illegal drugs <laughs> right to calm yourself down to go to you know to sleep um to lower pain and stuff like that um, so people are developing really very unhealthy uh, coping mechanisms and unhealthy habits, um, which on the longer run, for sure, if not changed, will not get unpaid, meaning they will have serious health, you know, lead to different serious health damages on the longer run. And of course, you know, there is, I just want to flag that because you also mentioned to it. And of course, you know, there's always this exceptional people who, despite all odds, survive and thrive in this. And, you know, and, and, but let's, let's face it, we're still in a normal distribution, meaning that, you know, if you know one or two of these exceptional people who for ages um, could survive and be very proactive on four hours of sleep and, and so on and so forth, um, and, you know, and high tension and high, uh, high uh, let's say, pressure, then that's rather the exception. So physical impact is the first. Um, and the second one is really a psychological impact, um, you know, and, uh, and the psychological impact um, has a meaning on what you just said is, is the leadership effectiveness because it impacts the leadership behaviors, right? And this high level of pressure and stress actually um, leads to uh, a lack of or decrease of focus and intentional attention, meaning that, you know, people are like overwhelmed with stimuli, um, and they have difficulties to select the right ones um, because there are simply so many and they're in this wheel, um, which, you know, um, impedes their way how they process it as well. And ultimately, um, you know, impacts the quality of their decision making. Um, we, you know, I mentioned that, you know, now another hyper trendy word is, is that hyper focus. But, you know, in order to be hyper-focused, you also be hyper-selective. Otherwise, you just get overwhelmed, right? So that's what we see. And the stress, it's also far more difficult to listen. 
So, you know, one of the key leadership, uh, I would say to me as a leadership, uh, let's say scholar as well and, and a coach, one of the key leadership aspects uh, and, and effectiveness uh, areas is the capacity to listen. So when you stressed, and I think we all know it, uh, we are not very good at listening. Um, what we also are not very good at is, is to manage our own emotions or um, reduced emotional capabilities. Uh, your emotional self-management, but also empathy uh, is is severely hampered. We just don't have bandwidth for that, you know. Um, on the other hand, what we also observe is, is that because of all this, you know, hyper, hyper, um, this increase anxiety levels and anxiety levels leads very often to micromanagement, <laughs> right? Because people try to regain control. Um, and uh, that obviously um, has a severe impact. And I can come uh, up with a couple of examples in, in a second uh, on, on, you know, how, how, leaders, uh, how leaders lead. Um, and last but not least, something that is also, you know, more in demand than ever, especially when we have turbulent times, is, of course, creativity, Right. Um, when you're under stress, you're simply not creative. We have a vast body of evidence and research, um, you know, um, demonstrating the correlation between, you know, um, the the you know amygdala um, response, brain response, and and uh, how this is counterproductive to, uh, you know, being creative, being um, invent stuff, and um, and uh, but on the other hand, you know, creativity is exactly what you need. If you are in a situation of constant change, creativity and innovation. And when you're under stress, you're not very innovative and you're not very creative. And, you know, so at large, um, what this is, and that's maybe not, uh, you know, this is how it kind of then shows is, is that, uh, you know, the leadership effectiveness actually decreases and the leadership effectiveness, um, has severe impact on organizational, um, performance, right? So it uh, overall it lowers organizational performance, um, and and then we're getting into this um, very vicious circle because lower performance stresses leaders even more out, right? <laughs> uh -huh. Well, so, gosh, so much there, Anna, and and I want to go <laughs> deeper into that as well. Did you have some examples for us? That yeah, I to well, uh, so to to you know very good point. Thank you for reminding me. Yes, examples. So. Um, you know, for example, you know, uh, um, uh, I would say day to day business of leaders. And this is what, you know, when when I'm working at a coach, very often, this is what I'm working, uh, you know, with uh, on uh, with the leaders that I coach is, is, you know, they need to uh, they need to be persuasive, motivational, influential and um, and actually they negotiate all day long. Right. But when you're tired and you don't listen well. And you get triggered more easily, right? Because um, everything kind of gets close to you. So especially, you know, when people don't agree with you, right? And you just want to get that stuff done, right? Or you want, I want you to agree with me in that negotiation. That's what we're doing. Let's do it, right? Then, you know, then the feedback uh, or, you know, what 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 happens then um, and how these leaders very often react is, is that, depending, of course, on their own individual personality, but they may get um, aggressive, they get stubborn, they get cynical, they get impatient, you know, 
and they display all these levels of, you know, really completely, um, let's say, unhelpful behaviors that hamper, uh, you know, uh, actually the, the, the effect uh, um, of, you know, um, persuasion and influence is gone. And what we see and where we really kind of, you know, have like somewhat um, concrete evidence is, is that, for example, and I, I'm involved in quite a lot of negotiations as well as a, as a, let's say, uh, uh, as a, um, yeah, helping partner is that, you know, zero sum games begins. Everybody starts to, to, you know, pull over the other. So there's this collaborative aspect of when creating win-win solutions is out of the window. Negotiations take longer. They are less constructive. And at the end of the day, outcomes are suboptimal. Yeah. What I also see is, um, you know, um, maybe from that more decision-making point um, is, is that, you know, this, this stress in a way also really hampers your capacity or you have more difficulty to deal with ambiguity in the sense that you have more... Um, more difficulty to actually really think through stuff when you are in an ambiguous situation. But let's face this, this is what is uh, bread and butter for leaders, right? All the rest is delegated down to management and staff, right? So leaders are in that sphere 24-7. But if you don't have the bandwidth to step back, yeah, step out, um, if you don't have the capacity anymore to reevaluate, um to alter, you know to validate your facts um then what i see is is really you know leaders jump into conclusion on the first best one and uh, and you see that uh, you know leadership outcomes are just or decision making is at large um not as um, as uh, as productive or and, and the outcomes are just um um not as good so not well thought through which leads to the fact that they have to be corrected and adjusted, you know, and back to the spiral. So on the leadership effectiveness then, um, and, and you know, I mentioned that already, um, is, is this fact that, um, yeah, this micromanagement also becomes extremely prominent. So back again to, to what I mentioned previously on the examples, you know, sometimes I also coach people who work for these leaders. And then, you know, this micromanagement, um, uh, is is really a, an an incredible disruptive and and negative you know um uh, has negative consequences actually on the overall culture of the organization right so in a way um through this micromanagement and and this urge to get back in control so we control people and what they do um more than we ought to um we set conditions for employees to fail, and I don't know if if you know if if you know um, the book, um, and I can only recommend it. You know, it's the set up to fail syndrome, but Jean Jean Libarsou and Manzoni, um, excellent book on on you know how you can through your mindset actually set your your employees up for failure. But you know, maybe more trendy. Um, Micromanagement also destroys, um, demonstrates a deep lack of trust, right? And the deep lack of trust in a way, or this can be perceived as a deep lack of trust. Let me put it this way. And the deep lack of trust is, you know, it's not even correlated. I think it's even causal with psychological safety, 
right? So um, psychological safety, on the uh, on the other hand, you know, is needed for employees to be motivated, to flourish, to get the extra mile. So instead of being, you know, flourishing um, and uh, and excited and motivated, people are getting anxious. They are stressed. You know, we have that Gallup study showing that, you know, um, employees are overly stressed and more stressed than ever. 44% of, uh, of employees report that they are like, you know, close to a burnout. So we have this slump in employee engagement as a result. As a result of, uh, you know, lower employee engagement, we actually have, uh, you know, they are less proud of the quality of products. They are less proud of their organizations. They are less loyal. Um, we have the also, you know, there's this Edelman um, uh, trust barometer, um, overall trust in organizations from inside, but from outside just plunges. And very simply put, uh, employees are just simply really unhappy, right? So in a way, through stress, we can, you know, um, when this is pertinent, I mean, when it kind of, con you know, it's not like a stressful episode, but when it becomes more, you know, a stressful overall life for, for years and years, you know, we can say goodbye to to our wonderful leadership concepts, you know, it's like transformational leadership, servant leadership, transcendent, charismatic, and what have you. I mean, this is just gone. Yeah, under stress, it's 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 almost impossible unless you are a professional actor. So, um, and I, let let me be let me be a little bit radical here. You know, what remains is is we're remaining with. Um, transactional dictators right <laughs> transactional dictators at times with psychopathic tendencies because you know they need to survive so they don't care about anybody else anymore right and this has a direct impact on culture on values on ethics and on corporate performance and you know when we were preparing for this um this speech you asked me about you know do you know of body of evidence and yeah we have vast body of evidence that you know um, behavior, this type of beha behavior, um, you know, between employee happiness has uh, has an incredible impact on on actually on corporate performance. You know, there are studies on how happy employees are better in sales. Um, you know, um, business units with um, engaged employees have uh, far better um, operating profit margins and what have you. So, this is not just about feeling good. Yeah, like let's work in a place where we all are happy and more motivated. But it also, you know, you have also evidence in numbers at the end. You have a price tag, right? So there is a price tag that comes with it. Wow, so much to get under the skin of there. And uh, my short summary of that is that <laughs> it affects everything, everything. And one of the problems that we've got is it's the there's a double effect at the moment as well. It's the leaders and it's the employees, and that can only bode badly for the organization. Uh, and it's no wonder that there are many other pieces of research that are talking about leadership failure rates, including our own research, mm. accelerating uh, in all of this when you're you've got kind of unhealthy, leaders with mental with real mental health problems mm. in some cases as well 
affects everything. But I really get some of the things that you talk about as well, the unhealthy coping mechanisms, the fact that they're hit with so many stimuli Mm. that actually they they start to develop an attention disorder Mm. because they just can't create with that. And you're right. And then they just go with the gut or they just go with the first choice and this, they get it off their agenda and then it's somebody else's problem. So let's let's try and move away from that <laughs> situation that says and let's try and look at how we help leaders mm. and the rest of the organization, of course, and how we move forward. And that's really at the heart mm. of your focus at Solaris, which I'd like to get uh, under the skin of. Mm. And if you could tell us a bit more about that and specifically how you aim to help leaders navigate these personal challenges so that they're able to get out. And I saw this term on your website, which I which I really like, out of the great exhaustion. That really speaks to me, that does. And mm. back to being effective leaders. Mm. Yeah. Yes, you're right. I mean, you know, I, I think this is really um, our our deepest mission and and not only for leaders but let's say for for um everybody who was experiencing this right um but in particular for leaders so um if you want to um solaris um in solaris we have uh, mainly three goals for our participants right we fellow travelers on the journey as we call them and um well to start with it is really about when we when they embark on our solaris journey um, which is a holistic research-based uh, week-long experience. You know, um, uh, you could call it a retreat, but more to this in a minute. So the first start would be really to um, recharge and reset, like right away. Um, but, you know, in order to kind of have a long-term change or not, you know, not to go on this like, okay, I'm going on a week of holidays, I do a little, uh, a couple of things and then I go back and, you know, and and uh, uh, Jeremy, you and I, we, we've been too long in leadership for training as well, not to know, you know, this question and what will you do differently on Monday, right? And they go back, you know, and and uh, what do they differently on Monday after the retreat, Um uh literally nothing right so we want to really make it make it help them to create uh, long lasting changes and that's why you know for me the first step to create long lasting changes is really to create understanding about the mechanics and the key leverage points that they have to significantly improve their mental health and their physical health right you need to understand what you are playing with so that you can really then choose as well um, what you know what kind of habits or what kind of changes leverage points you have, and this is perhaps the coach coming in, right? As a coach, we're always at the service of the person, right? We 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 we're not deciding what people do. We offer ideas and we trigger thinking, and the people need to figure out what works for them. So the third part would be really to then support them by providing them with. Um, um, you know, a variety of, uh, you know, of uh, healthy practices that they can pick from and that, you know, could help them become new habits to maintain their well-being in a sustainable way in this in their own environment, right? So when they go back to mon- on Monday and, you know, we call this recalibration. Yeah, In a way, you know, you need to find, you know, recalibration because 
it seems like, you know, with their way of going about, with their way of working, they are somehow not perhaps fit for purpose under the new circumstances. So it's a little bit like you need to kind of reset yourself in these new circumstances and figure out how do I navigate this? And, you know, and to do, in order to, to develop a mindset to cope with this new environment without quitting, yeah, or without burning out or without quietly quitting, right? Um, and and uh, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, I'm I'm obsessed with sleep, but I'm also you know obsessed with research. So for me, it's really important that we are basing, you know, all our um, let's say approaches is based on on research. We tap into the area of uh, neuroscience. We're using neuroplasticity. I can talk about that a little bit more later. Um, you know, to help with attention and focus. Um, we we tap into Zen philosophy, into mindfulness, into meditation practice. But we are, you know, we, we look at it from a holistic perspective, meaning that you also tap into body work. We work with biofeedback, with breath, guess what? With sleep, <laughs> right? Nutrition, um, you know, and and what have you to really take care also of the physical aspect of the body because stress has a huge price tag on physical health as well so we propose different angles of attack to help leaders and and people in you know under stress situations to to uh you know to to um deal with uh you know with the situation of of this constant cortisol adrenaline overshoot and uh, and we offer them you know we offer them the variety of options so that they can set their own priorities, set their own pace and um, choose what they want to, right? Right. And I've, I've just been writing a few things down as you as you talked about there. And as a flow, a holistic but research-based and science-grounded experience mm -hmm. is very new for me. I've, I don't see those out there. I see other types of research retreat mm -hmm. but I can see the value in that as a leader myself mm -hmm. and that first pause that you have to do before you can cope with that of course is that recharge and reset mm -hmm. I get that too um and that recalibration so that you've got the long-lasting changes the leveraging those points to flex to improve your mental and physical health the healthy practices to create uh, if you like new habits embed those habits as well it's something that I can see very valuable and you've mm -hmm. You've touched on neuroscience, you've touched on neuroplasticity and more. And of course, you mentioned that this is a science based retreat as well. And you use those kind of techniques there. So I suppose this is two questions in one here is that <laughs> tell me a little bit more about that science behind it and how you apply that in the te techniques and some examples, if you have them as well, yeah, of sure. how that's concretely supporting uh, leaders as they go through this journey. Mm. Right. So perhaps let me just start perhaps with a you know very very quick glance on at at you know at the at the concept of the journey itself before I deep dive into this you know science uh, science focus uh, on on the different areas maybe in a little bit more detail. Mm. So if you want to um, you mentioned holistic so we we aiming at really tackling physical psychological and emotional um, uh, aspects right so you could also maybe call it a bit more fancy body mind and soul right um 
and um we designed it uh, a little bit uh, you know like like one would design a leadership program right meaning that this is a week long program and we have um, every day with a different focus on a different um uh ex you know um uh aspect that covers one of the areas or actually multiple areas and these every day is run or is, is you know is is led by um extraordinary really internationally renowned subject matter expert we call them masters so you know uh when you would design a leadership program you would probably do it uh, in a in a uh, at least in a business school you might want to find a similar idea behind it um what is also very important for me and this is because it is important for this long lasting change is that it's not just you know we don't just um, throw content at uh, at our fellow travelers um, on that journey but you know they really get a very um uh, let's say bespoke um, tutoring and mentoring and coaching through it, meaning that we have, you know, every every participant gets uh, individual coaching on their goals, um, but also they um, they are accompanied by a nutritionist who kind of focus on that area, and we support them, uh, you know, but to to in in making sense of the content and the practice that they experience every day. And try to translate it into what does that mean to me, and what will I, you know? What can I take on? So you know, the practice sessions are very practical. We have you know practice sessions in the morning and in the evening, and everybody can choose different areas: meditation, body work, breath work. Um, you know, we have a lot of focus on nutrition because it is so important. So we also very you know we eat very well. But um, largely the day is, uh, you know, structured around a more theoretical part where you kind of understand the concept and why we do things uh, and why we teach you this part. So meditation or this neuroscience aspect. And then in the afternoon, you get really into integration, how we call it. So it is the part where you, you where you really um, develop the, you know, you discover the different types of practices and and you make sense of them and you try and try them out to be able to say, okay, this one works for me and that doesn't work for me, right? But, you know, I think one of the key aspects of it uh, is, is that, um, you know, is this um, social aspect of, of the Solaris concept. Because, you know, it is, um, it is this group dynamic of this, of this type of retreat, right, that you have. Um, in the way Solaris came from, uh, you know, the name Solaris came from the from the book by by Stanislav Lem, and in this book, um, you know, um, Solaris is actually an imaginary planet um, where there is a temporary society, right? So we were, you know, this is how we got uh, inspired by it because we are aiming to create a temporary, intense society of practice and you know and exploration for this week where journey travelers experience you know exchange on their experience they they have groups of practice where they can align around like-minded people exchange on on you know on on how it's going for them and we have these masters you know benevolent masters and stuff to 
to, you know, to coach you, to guide you, to be with you from the morning to the evening, from the, from the, from, you know, from the breakfast or the morning practice, uh, uh, even before that to the dinner afterwards with walks and, um, and, uh, and, you know, and conversation by the fireplace. And this whole experience, you know, um, is really aiming at helping you to create this momentum to, um, you know, to, uh, to be, you know, to, to, to launch your transformational journey and to keep on this, um, in a later stage, right? So that, that, that's the, that's so, the design. <laughs> yeah, but it's so well thought out. And maybe for the last point, take us into some of that science behind it mm. as well. Um, just give us the headlines around kind of how deep do you go into the science and why is it that important? Yes. So, um, well, we go actually really deep into science, right? Because I think that's really, really important. And, you know, not not all of it is perhaps visible to the participants, but it is visible to us when we design it, when we talk about it, and when we, um, have selected the, you know, the, uh, the, the, our masters to join us. Um, and, you know, and perhaps, you know, so our key leverage point or our kind of, you know, key attack is really to focus on alleviating stress or to 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 really help people mastering stress uh, levels uh, uh, in a, or stress in a better way to help them increasing resilience um, and live a better life by adopting, uh, adopting you know, health, uh, health promoting behaviors. And we focus, you know, not every stress is bad. So I, I also want to make that sure, right? There's, there are also very, you know, um, healthy stress levels where you are more focused, where you are, you know, um, uh, when, when you have like the, the kind of creative type of, 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 uh, of stress, right? But we're talking about, we talking about, uh, you know, a toxic stress that is for, you know, there for a longer time. And that kind of, um, leads to what we call, um, allostatic overload and allostatic overload or allostasis means, you know, the brain response, brain and body response, um, in a phys- physiological and behavioral way to, uh, to adapt to this uh, threat, right? Uh, external threat, and that leads to metabolic hormone releases, like you know, adrenaline or epinephrine, and, and so on and so forth. So, what we, you know, s- different hormones that are being secreted, and I don't want to go into that because I don't think that's perhaps that, um, let's say, I- I- necessary and important at that level, but. We need to deal with this because if we don't deal with it, then um, then we can actually really work and get the brain out of that malfunctioning state when it is flooded with all these hormones and and you know and you have all these impacts on you know on uh, on on uh, focus on attention and on um, and then you know all the the rele- hormonal diseases that impact actually your body um, you know um, in the sense that. Uh, you have uh, higher heart rates. You have uh, uh, glucose levels in your in your body um, that are not no longer um, you know healthy, and so on and so forth. So, the good part about that is that our brain is an amazing organ, and it has a capacity to change, which we call neuroplasticity, right? So, um, and that's where we are hooking into it, right? We're using neuroplasticity to intentionally alter our circuits, right? So um, if you want to, we're trying to really physically um, 
through meditation techniques, we're trying to really physically alter the default stress response. Um, and there is a vast body of research again, you know, to demonstrate that demonstrates positive side effect of meditation. Um, and it is, you know, meditation helps with depression, with anxiety, with emotion regulation, at uh, you know the connectivity of neurons, you know, aka focus and 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 uh, slow uh, slow thinking. Um, but uh, you know. Um, we are working on on uh, different types of techniques, like for example, non-sleep depressed, um, which is a technique that you know I've come across um, listening to the Huberman lab. So uh, you know, bowing to to um, Dr. Huber lab here, um, which is a technique that helps you to slow down your brain waves, to relax your brain, to help you regulate your dopamine levels. Some of you may remember dopamine as the happy hormone, right? So you get back into a better mood, uh, more motivation. And then, you know, and then we tackle, um, you know, from the, from, let's say, from the body um, angle uh, through, you know, um, nutrition, supplements, vitamin, minerals, prebiotics, probiotics, we tackle all the other effects, um, you know, on uh, on uh, on the uh, let's say on the human by uh, on the human body, and you know we know from we know that there is a very strong relationship between bi-direct, bi bi-directional re uh, actually uh, um, relationship between the gut and the brain and the brain and the gut. So you know, um, no happy brain without a happy gut. So we need to tackle this as well. And, you know, and and there, for example, stuff like uh, I mentioned already, you know, what you take in, of course, is important. But there's also other stuff like body work, um, which is, you know, um, uh, for example, we use uh, yoga techniques or techniques from yoga. And I mentioned already breath, um, relaxing muscles, uh, improving coordination and balance and, you know, and digestion um, through movement. Yeah, that comes into play to to really, um, you know, get that uh, to to really alleviate this this impact on the stresses from all angles that we actually have. You know, and the nice side effect is it actually also works against aging. <laughs> right, that's a great one, isn't it? Wow, gosh, <laughs> that that you you've put so much into into a, this. 40 so odd sorry. minute discussion <laughs> oh no no but it's 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 just so fascinating though and I'm looking at it and I'm taking a few words and I I'm I'm looking at what I've written down here and I've underlined it a few times saying this is a body mind and soul tune-up for leaders backed by science would I be right yes that would be about <laughs> right right and and as I say it is everything connected us to everything right in the good sense and and that's why we're so really so super happy that we have, you know, we could pull um, this amazing team of masters that are not only extraordinary in their own field, but they're also so complementary and they work together in such a great way so that we can really kind of, you know, we can create this holistic approach of body, mind and soul and, and get out of this great exhaustion and, and kind of, you know, get ahead of the game, go back in the driving seat and... Um, Yes, and be a more effective leaders, right? <laughs> or oh, what more, a, happy, what a very more happy individuals. <laughs> yes, and what a great positive message to uh, end on. And 
I'm sure there's many tuning into this, Anna, that will want to get in touch. They may want to even check into one of these Solaris journeys. So how do they find out more? How do they connect with Solaris and how do they keep the conversation going with you? I mean, first of all, um, I think you will provide uh, people with uh, a number of links. Uh, we have QR codes. Do not hesitate to drop me an email. Uh, I'm a very approachable person. Um, so, you know, uh, if you want to know more, um, uh, Jeremy, I would also say, you know, if, if uh, uh, I would hope that you would be also entry point. If you don't want to reach out to us directly, reach out to Jeremy. Jeremy knows how to find us. But, uh, you know, you will have, uh, I think, the, the full set of, uh, of links and uh, we have a website. You can follow us on Instagram where we also come up with little tips and tricks from time to time. So, you know, there's always a nice thing add on, uh, on to do. Uh, and I think and then, of course, you know, um, we are more than happy to welcome any interested person to join us on a retreat. The next some next one is coming up end of October, beginning of November. So. The inscription time is running now, but uh, you know um, this is what uh, this is what what's going on right now, right? And how to reach us. So, for those listening, Anna, that may not see this on screen, what's the website, please? The website, it, it, right? The website is www.solaris.academy, right? Dot academy, right? So that's the that's the website uh, name. So Solaris.academy, because, you know, we're like, uh, we, we're aiming to be um, an academy rather than a retreat. <laughs> well, lots of food for thought. Anna, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Um, it has been a true pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to the Rethink Leadership podcast with me, Jeremy Blaine. Please like, comment and support us on your favorite platform and subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch as well as listen to each episode.